Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson and with me tonight are my good friends Schnell and Tej. How are you guys doing tonight? What up, Hive Mind? I burned my mouth on my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but was it good? Was it worth it? No, it was okay. It was a solid... <laughs> It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> on a, okay, on a subway scale of, yeah. <laughs> of, of sandwiches, how on was it? On a scale from zero to subway, it was subway. <laughs> it was subway. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I it actually really uh, like subway. I don't care what It didn't says. defy your expectations, but it certainly met them. <laughs> it was cheap, it was filling, but it burned my mouth. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> God damn it, even the real world, like red burns, is, you know, everywhere. <laughs> marinara hot okay <laughs> anyway i was trying to like figure out some sort of red deck red, red sauce sandwich red, wins I, red, I can't red really... sauce yeah red red yeah. red sub wins <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh so tonight we are going to talk a little bit about arena and some of the changes that's been made what we've what we think about them what we've experienced what we've heard i think i play a little bit more arena than you guys especially since you guys are able to get together and play paper way more often than I am. I'm going to take on the role tonight of the uninformed person to ask the (laughs) questions that I know people who might be listening are dying to ask. Yeah, that's right. What is arena? (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into what arena is... (laughs) Where is this arena? How does one enter? Is it on the bus route? (laughs) Um... Yeah, no. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the some of the changes that have been made. What people are are talking about. But before we do that, what have you guys been up to since last week? Teej. Uh, since the last time we talked, the only thing that I did was participate in that intro deck challenge, oh, and you yes. crushed it. The, you son of a bitch! I did. Oh my god! <laughs> I just saw the picture. Tell us tell us how that went. <laughs> Because I'm curious. <laughs> oh, wait, no, for Tej. For Tej, it was okay. So, how many of us were there? Six? Um, so we had, yeah, we did. We had a six. We had six. So, the, the setup to this event, every time a set comes out, I always try to do something weird and goofy for players and, you know, with all the random product that I have. So, I figured, since I ended up getting, like, four displays of intro decks, or the Planeswalker intro decks, and I'd only gone through about half of them, I figured I would run an event where you buy a intro deck, you receive it at random, but you pay the cost for it, and you play it with, you know, with that deck as modified with your booster pack inside of it only, and winner receives a bundle, since they're not called fat packs anymore, of uh, M20. And it went, I don't know, it was fun. It wasn't a huge turnout, but it was a fun event. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I crushed it. I actually... I don't want to be that guy, but it was actually a lot of fun. Because we're all in the same playing field, right? We all have we all have intro decks that Wizards R&D designed to be played specifically with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus uh, or minus the contents of the booster, obviously. Which is exactly what I was just going to say. At that point, it's it's. I was going to say it's like a limited event, but it is. It's a limited event. You are limited to what you open. Uh, so and there's hardly any deck construction. So it just basically boils down to what you open. Well, and it's only one booster pack now, right? Didn't they dial it yep. back one? They, they dropped it down to a single booster pack per yeah, Planeswalker so, deck. Like like you said, it's really limited then. So, uh, like Chanel said, six of us total. I what did you? How did you? How did you end up allocating the 
the the things. Did you put ten in there, or did you just put five I, and then? No, nope, I put one? I put a full I put a full ten in there. Okay, were they just, were they evenly distributed? Yes. Uh, what are you guys talking about? Okay, so there are <laughs> there five, are five colors. <laughs> we are putting ten things inside of something. Are you, oh yeah? So the colors? Did you just do two of each color, like in a hat or something, and pull them out, assign them to people? Would <laughs> uh, you put no. them in Chanel? <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> The world needs to know what you put them inside of. Um, I put them in a box, and then I awkwardly cut a a hole in the top. Oh, of the box. yeah, the literal box. That's right. You yes. put it in a box. Uh, Tej labeled it based on an insult that I had thrown at him earlier that day, which cannot be aired in the presence of women or God or anything. <laughs> So it was it was a big hole. It was a dry hole that I uh, shoved my arm into, and I drew out randomly planeswalker decks for everybody. Uh, and how so did yes. it, how did uh, how that go? Like what did what? So there was five people. What got played? Uh, I ended up with green, and as did one other person. So there was a double up on that, which I was okay with. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was that was the question I was trying to ask you. Yeah, there were two. There were two copies of every color available in the box. Right. So, so I didn't know if I didn't know if you allowed. I, I, I guess it does matter. You answered my question, kind of. Anyway, so yeah, I pulled out the blue one, one of the blue ones, I should say, and I opened in my booster pack. My rare was Temple of Majesty, I believe, the green and blue one. Nice. And then uh, I also opened a negate, which the deck did not have any counter spells in. So I ended up pulling out two lands. There were 25 lands total in there. Uh, and I pulled out two of them to make room for one temple and one negate. Nice. And I really enjoyed, I really liked having the idea of the negate because it counters a non-creature spell, which planeswalkers are. And I was able to counter one Planeswalker with it, because it was the only game that I saw a negate in at all. What? Was it mine? No, I didn't think okay. I countered your Planeswalker. I don't remember, but I know no. somebody did. So there were three three games we played total. I played against two mono black decks and one mono green deck. So a- two Sorens got picked and two Vivians got picked. That is mm-hmm. correct. Nice. And how'd you do? And both Soren decks, I went to three games, so I won one and lost one each. And against the green deck, I only played two games. I won both of them. And from what I saw of the black decks, if they, it's, it, I guess the same. It could all be said about any of them. But if uh, it all depends on your, on your hand, on your, on your, on what you draw there. When the black hand is a is a good opening hand, then. They really go off there, but if uh, uh, if they don't get it, you know, then the other decks can overrun them, which is exactly what happened to me. My deck, my hands too. There, the blue deck was full of flyers and flash creatures, and really made use of. Uh, uh, There's a, a huge flying sub theme in there, but if I uh, the I should have pulled this out. Um, <laughs> no, no, no! Just keep awkwardly stumbling through. It'll be. <laughs> Uh, there's the one that makes your flyers cheaper, the, and then there's the the one. Oh that yeah, it, it reduces the cost by one, right? Something of Evo's Isle, yeah. 
Yep. Um, and then there's the the fairy that draws you a card when it enters the battlefield. I think it was a fairy. Fairy miscreant. Yeah. That's yeah, the that's one. the one. I you draw a card if you control another fairy miscreant, or you draw one for each other fairy miscreant when you cast it. Something like no, that. No, that's not no. the one. There's a no. There's drop. a different one. There's a oh, three okay. drop when it enters the battlefield. You draw a card. Oh, okay. Because there's an Avon. It's an Avon something, isn't it? Maybe it is an Avon. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, Avon yeah. I got like two or three of those in my pre-release pack, and that, I, that's another reason I almost put blue along with the in the Yarick deck. And then the the divination that costs one less if you control something with flying. Oh, Playing I like that, that for one. Two mana is super good. Yeah, I like that card a lot. But then there, then like a full playset of unsummons are in there, and that was my removal spell. That wasn't the negate. So during those playing against those vampire decks, those are super strong. They've got the. Uh, the ones that get a plus one plus one counter if you if your opponent lost life at the end of the turn, those are a pain to handle. I think the vampire deck comes with three of those things. Uh, they get a counter every time you at the end of the turn if your opponent lost life. And in the last game that I played, my opponent had all three of them in her hand, and she played a total of five of them. Because I had to do a lot of fancy unsummoning of stuff, and bouncing things, and then blocking and trying to kill them, and then bouncing things, bouncing a lot of my own things to get effects back. And those games went up to like 30, 40 life that they had, and dropped me down to 8. Like, there, there was one game, they were up, the, my opponent at 39 life, dropped me down to 8 before I stabilized, and then I came back and just wrecked him. <laughs> The the Planeswalker, she was really good. She gives something minus five, minus zero until the end of my next turn, which is super strong. Or I can bounce two things. And that was another thing that I had to really balance out. Uh, do I want to give the Lifelinker minus five, minus zero for a turn? Do I want to shut off the giant flyer they have that has a million counters on it? Finally, they only have two creatures on the board. I can bounce them both, and I'm home free. And it takes a lot for them to recover after that as well. Every Planeswalker deck has a 5-drop creature that allows you to search your library or your graveyard for the Planeswalker. Those proved to be really strong. Yeah, overall it was a lot of fun. I ended up winning everything. I, I won that bundle. It's a good time. Did you get anything good in the bundle? <sighs> I sold most of it back uh, to Schnell over say, yeah, you, store you, credit. You traded a bunch of it in. <laughs> I was kind of nice. curious if there was anything you kept out of it, but... Uh, I kept an uncommon Chandra and the rare Chandra. I kept uh, the bundle was cool. It came with an alternate art Chandra's regulator. Oh, cool! And then twenty foil basic lands. I forgot they were oh. doing that this time around. God, yeah, I'm still here. upset about the lack of the book in the bundles now, but the, the yeah. foils I yes. think kind of make up for it. Apparently, this is the first set where they stop including the little checklist book thing there. Mm-hmm. Which was sad to find out. It has a really cool, uh, a really nice giant D20. I shouldn't say giant. Larger than average. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's really the, nice of you to compliment uh, that. <laughs> yeah. What else did I... I think that, that was all that I kept. Uh, I opened the Green Cavalier. A couple temples, I think. I don't remember exactly what else. But I ended up getting like $17 in store credit, so there was some stuff there. Wow, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, that turned out well for you then. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> no offense, Snow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's okay. I've recovered. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Anything else, Teach? 
No, that was that was all I did. What about you, Schnell? Uh, well, let's see. I played in the Battle for a Bundle, which went <laughs> horribly. Uh, it was not fun at all. I got my ass kicked in the final round by a mono blue deck that just kept giving my my biggest and only threat negative five, negative zero. So that wasn't fun. No, it was it was a cool event, and I I like playing in stuff like that where it's goofy sealed where it's like low skill set on the deck construction low skill set on the you know prep it's just decision in game knowing what to keep how to play it i think it's it's good opportunities for players who are okay at uh everything they just want more practice in a slightly less stressed environment sure because yeah there's there's so many players that they want to get better at the game but they can only seem to find the super casual kitchen table like ah no no you can you can take that back i don't care and that doesn't help you learn if you constantly take back your mistakes or the other end of the spectrum where you just get your ass kicked because you made a mistake and then you have that negative feeling of loss associated with playing your deck and then you don't want to anymore so (laughs) if i can if i can alleviate some of that you know, identify the psychology and work around it, and try to play magic in the meantime. Uh, but no, I, I like the green deck. It had a lot of really cool stuff. The Barkhide Troll, a two-two for two that enters with a plus one plus one counter, and then you can pay a colorless and remove it to give it hexproof. I that, like that guy. That turned out to be handy. The only removal that the green deck really had uh, was being bigger than other stuff or. <laughs> Uh, savage, uh, savage bite. Is that the rabbit? Oh, the new one, rabbit, rabbit bite. Yes, that new Innistrad card, the <laughs> brand new one with unique art, never before seen by Tej. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's new to me. Exactly. Uh, no, that was you know the only real removal in the deck. But other than that, it was uh, there's a playset of growth cycle, which is my favorite. Core 20 card. If you're not familiar with that, growth cycle is one and a green instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until the end of the turn. It gets an additional plus two, plus two until the end of the turn for each card named growth cycle in your graveyard. And because this was a sealed event and I got one in the booster pack, my deck ran five copies of that one. It did not help me, but... (laughs) (laughs) But it was there nonetheless. I've, I've always enjoyed cards like this, and they've done them since, you know... What Tempest and Stronghold? I want to say is some of the earliest ones I remember. Where it was, what Ascent of Cinder? Uh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and I'm just scratching here. Um, but cards that reference additional copies of them. So it's, I I enjoy those because they reward you for running a full playset of something, and I I don't know. I just I just have always enjoyed those kind of cards or like. Um, the new white creature that when it comes into play you can search your library for you know other cards of the same name like the bird from you know Cawblade that old deck around Squadron Hawk uh, yeah 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 stuff like that where it, it just names itself and it's weird that I enjoy those but I play more EDH than anything else so they never <laughs> work out or they never make it in any of the decks that I play you know <laughs> but I always try but, to run them yeah yeah, uh, I do run uh, Sphinx of the Chimes in my Sphinx deck, which requires me discarding two non-land cards with identical names. I've never been able to do that, but it's a Sphinx, so it made the cut. Let's see. So I lost the battle to the bundle to Teach, which he was a worthy adversary, but I also lost in the first round, so it really didn't matter if I <laughs> beat Teach because I still wasn't getting it. 
I land flooded to uh, the other green deck in the first round, and that was just it. it, it moving on. Uh, I drafted, <laughs> and I kicked the crap out of a lot of people by nice. drafting aggressively mono-red with artifacts to fill in when I couldn't get red cards out of packs. I drafted Chandra's Regulator early and then got the Uncommon Chandra later and just went straight burn, straight elemental. Uh, I had three shocks. I had enough elementals and synergy with them that when Chandra hit, it was super devastating. I got the rare guy that brings elementals back and what is it, Maniacal Rage, the plus two, plus two, and can't block. So that thing was, that was fantastic for making that elemental guy bigger so that he could actually bring back my stuff from the graveyard. I like that card because no one ever expects you to play it on their On their creatures. stuff, yeah. Yeah. I've won many games with that by putting it on an opponent's creature. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there th- that uh, Gargos uh, Hydra, the Vicious Watcher. Oh, yeah. That thing I went up against, and it was a pain to get by him, but I managed to do it. So What did you call it? Gargos, the Vicious Watcher. Is that now how he's? I think there's a Hydra called Vicious Hydra. It's Voracious Hydra. Oh. I believe. No. Then I'm the idiot. To the to the internet. That's going to be my new ringtone as soon as this gets uploaded. Good, yeah. Vora- <laughs> Just Tej chiming in. Yeah, oh, it's, then it's I'm voracious. the idiot. Oh, guys, I'm getting a call. <laughs> voracious Hydra. Yeah. But yeah, that Vicious Watcher guy, okay. the 8-7 Vigilant. That, it uh, is, yep, Gargos Vicious Watcher. You got it. Yeah. That thing was a pain in the ass. I probably only won one of the one of the games against him because my opponent forgot the uh, trigger on him fighting. But to be fair, had he remembered the fight, it would have killed off the uh, Hydra as well. So it probably would have been a wash, but it would have been a slightly better wash in his favor with me having less of a board state after finally throwing everything at that thing. But uh, so yeah, I drafted, did well with mono red. I played Pauper tonight and ran my mono green deck against a Tron deck and a mono red, like, sort of combo aggro with that uh, archer out of. Not Amonkhet, uh, Aether Revolt, is it? Not Aether Revolt. No, it was the Amonkhet block. The archer that deals a point of damage whenever you cast a non creature spell. And Firebrand Archer? Yeah. Is that Hour of Devastation? That's Hour of Devastation. Okay, okay. I just remembered it was Egyptian themed, and mono green has enough hexproof in it in Popper that either I was completely immune to some of his uh, burn, or I just gave myself a bigger butt than his uh, bolts could get. So did well tonight on that. Nice. I've decided I'm going to build a new Popper deck, but I have no idea what. Just something new. I just I I I'm down to just one because I sold parts off of my affinity when other people wanted to buy affinity and popper because they saw my the store deck and went that's really cool. Uh, do you have that's enough to make a? S- yeah. Do you want have enough to make a second one? I'm like I have enough to make fifty four cards of it, and then I can just give you cards out of this one. So I only I'm down to one deck per per that format, which bothers me. I always like having two decks per format that I play. Just ready to roll. Yeah, well, then I always have something that I can play and something I can loan to somebody else who wants to play but doesn't have anything, because... That's fair. Yeah, I I absolutely will loan a deck to somebody if they want to play, because I like people playing games. It's kind of my thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, had, I had somebody come up to me today, and they're like, Hey, Chanel, can I borrow an uh, EDH deck? I want to play uh, so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, here, you can have. And I grabbed uh, my dinosaur deck, which... 
even without any dinosaurs post the first Ixlon set, that deck kicks ass. And yeah, then he so came good. up, yeah, and he came up like a minute later. He's like, "Oh, uh, he forgot his deck too. Can we borrow another one?" So I grabbed my uh, old slivers, which again, for not being optimized, for not being update updated, slivers just do well. And they played, I think, or they played two games and were tied. Like one deck just went off, or slivers went off game one and just like flooded game two um Gashath hit the field early and then there was no there was no way to deal with that so they enjoyed yeah, that things nasty and <laughs> yeah especially when i have you know a bunch of just garbage dinosaurs and like three or four hundred extra dollars worth of mana rocks that i threw in because they were lying around in my binder <laughs> i've learned that today or uh, yesterday going through some of my stuff that my edh decks can be called down to one super competitive one Hey, that reminds me. I, I have... To, what? Oh, I was going to say, that reminds me. We were... Uh, I need to look for that Mox whatever the hell, because it's apparently $100. Oh, yeah. Chrome, Chrome Mox? Mox Opal? Mox Whichever Opal. One you, Mox Opal. Mox Opal, yeah. But yeah, uh, going through some of the EDH decks that I don't currently play, I found, like, Grim Monolith and, like... I don't know. It was, like, four cards or four artifacts and, like, $600 worth of mana rocks, so... I need to do more than just cast stupid epic spells in Chromat <laughs> with that. But it's fun. It is so fun just going, okay, during my upkeep, I have eight triggers, but I'm not allowed to cast any more spells, so I just choose targets and say go. But yeah, so I played a lot of Paper Magic this weekend. Awesome. Nelson, That's what'd you fun. do? I did not play Paper Magic this weekend. I finally went through and got all the... Uh, Core set 2020 stuff that I purchased from you, um, all organized and ready to go because I'm really particular when it comes to my collection. You could say I'm anal like that. I am. And uh, so that was about as uh, as far as I got into paper. I decided that I, I needed to brew something new um, on Arena because I was playing it and... You know, I actually kind of miss all the different events that were cycling through during the War of the Spark event. I had a lot of fun in the pop uh, popper event. You know, uh, specifically the popper event. That was that was probably the most fun I had. So I decided that uh, my Saltai Explore deck it it got shifted into a Yarick Saltai Explore now, just because the Explore package is so stupidly powerful, uh, especially when you pair it with with Yarick. So I decided to build a like a Yarick Harmonicon, which is kind of what I've seen other people play. Basically. If you're looking at kind of the new archetypes as far as what's, you know, I've seen a lot of corset cards, you know, especially God's Willing and things like that are put into Feather or some of these other archetypes that have been around. Um, one of the archetypes, though, you know, the two main new ones that I'm seeing are kind of this Yarrick Harmonicon where it's it's just abusing triggers. And then there's also the uh, the Omnath Elementals Matter you know, and with Chandra's and Nissa's and whatever else they throw in there uh, into that package. So I, I kind of started off with, I'm just going to make something stupid and janky. And I, so I have like two Fibble Flips in there for card draw. Uh, obviously, four of Merfolk Branchwalker, Wild Growth Walker, and Jade Light Rangers for the Explorers. I put three Elvish Rejuvenators in there to help with grabbing land. And then uh, Growing Lights, Growing Rights of Itlamok is also in there, which unfortunately is going to, you know, a good chunk of that's going to phase out in the fall. Uh, same with the Ravenous Chupacabra. I have one of those in there. Path of Discovery, two Hostage Taker, a Golgari Fine Broker, one Prime Speaker Vanifar, Cavalier of Night, uh, one Biogenic Ooze, one Ronus, or sorry, God Eternal Ronus, and then uh, four Yarex, two Command the Dreadhordes, 
one Azoni Thousand Eyed, one Agent of Treachery, and one End Race Forerunners, and then just a really goofy mana base because I didn't put a ton of uh, wild cards into the land base uh, in the past, and I figured with half the land base rotating out in the fall, I'm not going to do it now either. So I've just got two Drowned Catacomb, one Watery Grave, three Overgrown Tomb, three Woodland Cemetery, four Breeding Pool, and two Hinterland Harbor, and then just one Island, five Swamp, and three Forests. So it's been a lot of fun. It's it's really hit or miss. So if if people can get a board state built pretty quickly, I have a hard time dealing with that because Yarrick costs five mana. So I I definitely need to kind of reconsider and and uh, get some more removal in there, whether it's direct removal spells like Cast Down or any of the other cool removal spells that are going to rotate out, or even more Ravenous Chupacabras, just because if you play that when Yarrick's on the battlefield, you can wipe out two creatures, which is pretty awesome for just four mana. So I've been, I've been fussing with that, looking forward to actually getting to play test that and, and tweaking that. I thought about going Omnath, but I decided I, I like Saltai Colors. They're a lot of fun. You know, I had looked at a team or build for Omnath, but didn't didn't do it, not yet. And then I just decided, uh, Tej and I had been talking about uh, the newest episode of Game Nights that came out last week and how Amaz made a Yarrick EDH deck, and it, it was just insane. If you haven't watched it or don't watch the show, but you're interested in EDH, uh, or even if you're just interested in somehow uh, in how some of the new cards from from the new core set work and play, definitely check that episode out. It was it was a ton of fun. I, what were the commanders? It was uh, Golos, the Tireless Pilgrim, uh, Kethis Hidden Hand, the uh, what what is it? Uh, Kaikar is that the name of the the flyy the bird legend? spirit? Thank you. Yeah, yep. the bird, or, bird with spirits. Yeah. Yep, that guy, yeah. and then obviously Yarrick. Uh, and it was I, it was. I a believe great that episode. one is pronounced Kakar. Because it's a bird. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> kakar, kakar. So I decided that I'm going to work on a budget Yarrick build. There's another guy that I like to watch on YouTube called The Commander's Quarters, and he does a lot of EDH budget deck tech. So in 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 his vein, I'm going to, obviously, Yarrick's going to be the commander. He's a little bit more pricey, but I'm going to go through and my my self-imposed limits are that it's got to be rares or un. Uh, sorry, um, uncommons, rares, or mythics that I already own or that I can procure for less than a dollar. And I want to see what kind of crazy shenanigans I can get uh, a budget deck like that built up to. Luckily, I already have a, a panharmonicon, so that's definitely going in there too because I just want to go nuts if I can. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. That's what kind of shit I'm planning for the future and and, uh, and where I'm going to go. But... You know, talking about Arena, we kind of touched on this last week. We had the the big update uh, recently, and with it, the new mastery system, which is a, a whole new rewards system. There is a free-to-play tier where you earn rewards basically like every other level, or you can pay uh, gems, and you can get the, I don't even remember what they call it, the the accelerated or the, the fancy... You know, maybe it's mythic. Uh, I don't remember. There's probably a term for it. Anyway, uh, you can pay and you get more rewards. And I believe it's a reward every level that way. Uh, you get mastery orbs faster. Uh, you know, that's a way to get the the holographic alternate art for a lot of your cards and, and things like that. But when they first rolled it out, they decided without really giving any warning to players that instead of the tiered win system where you could you just needed 15 weekly wins in order to get all your prizes, your coins, your your card packs, all that stuff, and you could sit down and you could 
you could knock it out in a couple hours all in one day, or you could spread it out throughout the week. Well, when they first released this update, it they, they totally changed that. You got experience points uh, for your first three wins of the day. And then after that, it was coins and, and things of that nature. And then you got, uh, I believe it was 250 experience points per win per day. And then your dailies were 800 experience points plus whatever gold, you know, as as those came through. So this caused a a big issue with a lot of players because, you know, people have jobs, they have families, they've just got other stuff going on or something, something happens that week. And, you know, you can't play every day or nearly every day. And they felt like they were being punished for not sitting at their computer for extended periods of time every day. Uh, And that's just not realistic for the majority of people. So people got really pissed about it. And, you know, we talked about it before and actually wizards in the most most recent patch did fix this they went to you can now it's back to the 15 wins you get x amount of points uh experience points per win up to 15 in a week and you can do it all in one day you can spread it out and and so on and so forth so i just wanted to uh you know kind of get initial opinions i think i play on a more regular basis than you guys do but i mean do you think as players would that have upset you guys uh, also uh, kind of turning around that that incentive and now it's almost like forcing players to play in order to feel like they're actually getting the most out of the system and maybe that skews more towards people who actually <laughs> paid for the i'm sorry i'm kind of like keeping my thought train going no that's here. keep, no, keep that's going Ma- yeah. maybe that skews more towards people who you know actually paid the gems or you know it's like whatever the equivalent of 20 bucks is i think 3400 gems or whatever it is in the store so then then you get it for that entire season that 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 master uh system is out and you know so maybe maybe it hurts those players more like hey i paid for this and now i can't even play it on my own terms you know so I, I don't know. I guess when I initially saw it, I thought that was pretty dumb and a really bad move on their part where it, it seemed like they were taking a system that worked really well and just breaking it for really no reason unless they're trying to just say, hey, look how many players we have every single day, you know, rather than over this time, we've had this many sessions or this many games, you know, um, I don't really know what what they were going for there. And I I personally think it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, having having not really played any arena since the update, I asked some of my customers today what they knew about the system and everything. And one of one of the kids basically said, "Yeah, they just implemented the Fortnite reward system." That was apparently I- how they did it. So I'm guessing I'm guessing the move was how can we get more money out of arena and by limiting rewards based on the people like who are just grinding arena so that they don't have to spend any money on it and making it so it's a little bit more drawn out they're making spending actual money slightly more appealing for that okay you get technically more for it now with the like secondary rewards if you're like master race or whatever the hell they call it but (laughs) well and i forgot actually now that i'm glad you said that because master race no no not master (laughs) Uh, not not the mastery track Uh, i was going to say track but uh, my okay to be fair Races and tracks. It's talking about was... like, <laughs> I see where you're going. T- talking about uh, Fortnite and like pay to win because that was the other part of this controversy was, hey, guess what? Too bad you can't play every day, but for just 250 gems, you can buy and you can buy the next mastery level. Yeah, and there was like I think there's a hundred mastery levels, so people were pissed. Like, 
seriously, I'd have to spend 25,000 gems potentially if I want all the levels but can't play consistently. And I mean, I don't know what that is, not looking at the at the cost in the store, but that was the other part of it. And uh, the last I checked, that feature was still there, uh, but Wizards did say they're going to do away with it in the near future so that you can't just buy it. And they'll be supplementing the experience track, you know, with with um, limited events that they're going to be running, much like the War of the Spark stuff. But it, it seems like it was a really bad case of, yeah, I was going to say big and bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was I do really my best sh- to not just sit here and openly <laughs> laugh at you while you're talking, but no, I can't. I, I cannot remain silent any longer. <laughs> I deserve. That was like. That was like. Back that was in, a uh, big mistake. Was that? Was that an early episode of? This show, or was that in Beard Gamers where I where I said Wizards of the Coast? That was that was Beard, Beard Gamers it, when we did, yeah. And Wizards it came out coast. Wizards of the Coast, coast. <laughs> and it was the most Wisconsin <laughs> thing I've ever said in my entire life. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, oh cry, I tell you, uh, fucking Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> oh, them These guys, guys over there, <laughs> oh cry, with their anyway. wizards. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, God, I almost did it again. <laughs> It wasn't even an almost. I just straight up fucking did it again. What I was gonna say is so, Teej, What what do you what 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 were your thoughts? What were you gonna say? So, uh, arena. I don't know how to say, I don't I don't know how to start this up. Yeah, I just um, feel like I've completely don't the accidentally entire, say master race entire... because I did <laughs> accidental horrible racism is my shtick. So you back off. Deal. So arena suffers from what every other popular pay-to-play app suffers from, and that is the the idea that the more money you put into it, the better you're going to be at it. Uh, magic is a little different because there's it's, it's a lot of skill-intensive stuff, but the people who have the disposable income to put into the game buy their uh, and, and buy the best cards and build the best deck right away, they're going to advance quicker throughout the ladder uh, and throughout this mastery thing faster than everybody else. Which is which, which is just from playing video games. That's that's how these things work. But we live in a world of of streaming and twitch and content creators and and all you need like like us all we need is a microphone and a, and a laptop and headphones and we are putting out a podcast uh and it seems really easy and simple to do so the people play the people who watch this stuff on twitch are like i'm good at magic i can do this too so it, it gives a lot of people the illusion that this sort of thing is easy to accomplish. And when you add extra steps in, like you need this many gems to climb up the ladder, you need to you need to be able to devote a certain amount of time to this thing every single day to climb up the ladder. Uh, it really disheartens the people who have jobs, who have other hobbies, who don't have the time or the money they can devote to something like this. Uh, and it and it and and I really understand the bad feelings of of the people who who have put money into this or have put time into this and changing the way the reward system works and how you climb up and 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 that dream of being the professional magic player uh is slowly getting further and further away but still right within your grasp because we're doing everything online now and 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 so i i totally understand the criticism and all that uh what are you talking about 
<laughs> no, that was that was a, that was a really good point because as the I was listening, hell to you, of a was, rant. It was. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, and, and as I was listening to you talk about it, I was thinking, oh, that's interesting because one one of the other things that kind of sets you know arena and and magic specifically apart from something like say Hearthstone or even Fortnite, like Chanel was talking about. That's uh, going, Fortnite. Please, we, please don't associate me with Fortnite. Just as a general rule, <laughs> that's that's you fair. can you can associate. Um, <laughs> I just did it. Did you hear that? Associate. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the difference is that magic is you know they it, there are people who put money into paper magic and that's not a cheap endeavor in and of itself. And then you you know you want to play arena because hey I want to play online with my friends. Well, if you want to be competitive in arena, like you were saying, you know that's going to cost you money depending on how competitive you want to be and how do you justify okay i'm paying you know all this money for your paper product because you know i go to your pre-releases i buy a booster box i do this you know and then i i'm putting money into this game where i don't get you know the physical product uh in return instead i get ooh look at this cool alternate art or you know here's a here's a mastery or before you know more alternate art or or whatever so you know, maybe for some people, it's trying to find and walk that delicate line between, you know, how do I, what whatever disposable income I have for magic, how do I split that between arena and paper and 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 what have you? You know, I know I personally prefer to spend my money on the on paper magic, but that's not necessarily how everybody else wants to do it, you know, or will do it. Well, and without any sort of secondary economy for arena it's a lot less likely for certain groups of magic players to throw money at it when they can just you know work for it and spend uh, like spend time with you know getting cards getting you know pro or whatever that is they need for the decks because i look at it from the standpoint of i've already spent you know several hundred dollars even on you know just the last set alone and I have those cards. I can sell those cards. I can use those cards in multiple formats. I am in the mindset that I will probably never spend a dime on Arena because why would I if I can spend a little bit of time to get what I want to play with or if I can use it to just have fun when I will spend my money and my time on Paper Magic, which has a secondary market that if I ever don't want to play this deck anymore, I can try and trade it off. Or once this rotates out of standard, I can see if I can squeeze it into a modern deck. I just picked up, uh, I'm one Leyline of the Void away from uh, finishing my sideboard for my blue-black mill deck in modern. And... That is fantastic. So I'm happy with the like box and a half and random packs and pre-releases that I've gone into. And that stuff is going to continue to benefit me, so I don't mind spending cash on it. But Arena, it's you have it, and there's nothing you can do with it if you ever get bored of it. Nobody else can have access to it. All the skins are just for those cards, which is weird. Some of the sleeve stuff is kind of okay, but... Yeah, it's I, I I can't justify spending money or spending that much time to try and grind out something with no tangible value. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point. Uh, uh, even outside of the fact that there is no real secondary market, you can't trade with people. You can't even take you know say okay, well I'm sick of you know playing with like, with rotation coming up. Okay, I don't really want to play historic, so I want to trade off my set of carnage tyrants or whatever. You you can't even do that to exchange them you know for for different. You can't take existing cards you have in Arena and 
and exchange them for other things. Sure, if you fill up your vault, you get bonus cards, or if you have, you know, four of a kind and you get it from a booster pack, it converts it to gems, but maybe I want cards instead. So, yeah. you know, there's there's all those those limitations that in, in in arena that you don't have in paper. And I think that's, you know, like you said, for you, that's one reason why you choose to spend your money the way you do. And and I feel the same way. You know, I want to you know, have a little more flexibility uh, with what I spend my money on. And it's just easier for me to do that in paper. Also, I like to play the formats I like to play. And EDH is one of my favorite formats to play. Well, EDH isn't an an available format in arena yet. And who knows if and when it will be because... No, no, don't do that. Don't give them hope that EDH is going to be on arena. (laughs) Oh, I'm not giving anybody hope. I was about to just quash it all and say there's absolutely no fucking way it's coming. Because... Because just think of the, the, the hours and, and manpower that has to go into coding everything. that I mean, you could put it in there, but it would be the crappiest format because you wouldn't have access to anything you need. Well, even They've just all- the change in the interface to add a second opponent you know, versus oh, just the sure. one-on-one, they right. have to do a drastic overhaul. And the, everything they've done has, desi- has been designed to look nice and have fun graphics for everybody. Yeah, it's got if that they now, aesthetic. Yeah, if they now have to, like, squeeze another player or two onto the same size screen, they're going to have to sacrifice a lot of that beauty, and I'm air-quoting there, uh, <laughs> to just get everything in there, plus... On well, yeah, top I mean, of just the amount of cards they would need to add to the database and the ridiculous interactions that they'd have to start programming for older sets. Right. That's that's very true. And I mean, on a standard computer, I'm just looking at the computer I'm recording this on right now, and it's like a like a 14-inch laptop screen. If you had a four-player EDH pod, there's no way you could even see what's going on if you were on a computer. You'd have to be playing on a TV almost, you know, just to be able to see what, what the hell was going on. So that's a that's a really good point, too. I was thinking strictly from uh, the, the card and and manpower limit but that's a that's a really good point too you'd have to completely change the the ui of the game (laughs) so very very interesting so i guess that kind of leads into the other thing i wanted to ask you guys about uh tonight was you know so we're 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 coming up on rotation here in is it september october i September, can't remember september yeah it's, 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 it's the fall so basically we've got you know two to three months left give or take um with with what arena has had in standard for you know a year and uh we're, we're getting ready for rotation and that means that that's going to be the introduction and the foray into their new arena specific format which they have called historic which is really funny because if you uh try to like net deck anything historic or just do a google search for historic um, you know, Magic or MTG or whatever, uh, it will pull up deck lists uh, specifically from Dominaria, and they're all you know like historic spells, so <laughs> artifacts and legendaries and whatever. I thought that was that was funny as I was doing show prep and trying to look up the historic uh, format. I was like, wait, this isn't at all what I was looking for. But it, it it's also interesting. So when the beta for the game first came out, uh, we were still. Uh, Amonkhet and Kaladesh blocks were still in standard and obviously they've since rotated out and they did the they rolled out that big update and completely removed those blocks uh, to get ready for what is in standard now and people have been clamoring as part of you know the historic transition uh, are we going to get those cards back since they've already been programmed and Wizards has said nope you're not gonna because (laughs) they think the state of standard and the game uh, the meta 
is is healthy. So I just thought that was a really interesting point where you're going to be changing a meta because you're doing a set rollout. So you're saying it's healthy now, but why wouldn't you give people more options if the whole idea of the historic format is to kind of open up um, you know, it's the it's the modern for for arena, if you will. Or standard I thought it was going to be called. Yeah, I was going to say I thought it was going to be called standard plus originally. When did they when did they announce and change that it was? So when they did historic. the latest state state of the beta, which is what every Tuesday is that what it is or something like that? I don't know. They do it once a when once when a, Garfield comes out and addresses the masses. <laughs> yeah, state <laughs> of the beta. When Richard Garfield comes out and <laughs> comes out of his uh, his multi million dollar hole um <laughs> she has a name because we <laughs> oh oh hey oh i don't know uh, what is it? status i yeah <laughs> i don't either but thanks for inventing magic uh um, <laughs> no so like you know what do, what do you guys think about the whole idea of the fact that there are all these cards programmed ready and available but they're not really giving them to us do you guys care at all i mean is there stuff that you'd like to be able to play with on arena, you know, from those blocks? I mean, there were, they weren't like bomb sets, but there are some cool cards. I mean, like, you know, I wouldn't mind being able to play with uh Razaketh or even the, the first, um, you know, uh, iterations of, you know, Ronas, Bantu, Oketra, Hazaret, you know, um, I, like I that. liked, I liked Amonkhet. I liked, uh, Kaladesh Nether Revolt a little bit more. And I would have loved to see that, but with energy and all that other stuff, I know they're never going to go back and add that to add that to the system. But I, I can, I suppose I can understand if maybe they literally had to delete those that like program code to make room for the new stuff and to just move forward. So even though yes, they may have already been programmed and maybe they're on a backup somewhere, they might not be compatible with the system since the update and they'd have to go and redo everything from scratch anyway and it's not worth it. I don't think it's I don't think it's a like format stability issue. I think it's just a hey, we don't want to pay these guys to program the same cards again to make them work when we could just keep going forward from this point. Sure, yeah, it's just like a make dev, it, yeah, a dev it's, time and cost thing. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a practicality matter than it is a like flavor and format issue. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, what do you think, Tej? I mean, did you have fun with stuff from those sets when they were out, or do you not really care? I had a blast with those sets when they were out. And then when Kaladesh was done, Dominaria came out. And then when Dominaria came out, after that was Ixalan. Or maybe I got them backwards. I don't know. You got them backwards, yeah. yeah. The, point is, <laughs> the point is, every set comes out, and every set I have fun with it. And um, I don't... I don't I personally don't look back often on previous sets. Uh, I'm not a nostalgic person at heart. The only thing I look back fondly on is the Lorwyn block because that's when I started Magic and I was really, really, really bad at Magic. (laughs) And I feel like that would have been fun to play uh, with the skill that I have today. Sure, being Um, a better player. But in terms of, of, of Arena and wanting to bring back Kaladesh and Amonkhet. I also understand where they are coming from, but um, I don't. I don't uh, just accept that this is the way it is. I am perfectly one hundred percent okay with with what it is. 
because uh, what what a lot of people don't always remember is that this is a highly advanced computer programming and just because we have the things stored somewhere doesn't mean exactly what Chanel was saying. Uh, might not be compatible with the system that we have now. And everything that's in the system now is constantly being updated with every single update that goes on. When they were making Arena and they were playtesting it and they uh, had people playing this before it was in an open beta and anyone could join in, we needed cards to be able to test this stuff with and what better cards to use than whatever was currently in standard. And that was that was there as a as a uh, for a purpose uh and i can't say whether or not they actually timed out the arena release so that amonkhet and kaladesh were the test ones and that they wanted historic to start with ixalan and go forward i don't know if that's true or not it could be it could not be but the point is everything has to have a beginning everything has to start somewhere and at some point, they are going to be okay with the product they are putting out, and you just need to look ahead and not look back. Uh, and that goes for every every single thing in life. So, um, <laughs> wise words, Teej. Right? Yeah. It, philosophy it, it, with Teej. Yeah, uh, it's a really good point, though, that you're making. I mean, I completely agree with everything you're saying because you know it's one of those things where people are people are complaining. And okay, so. Here's a really good um, example. I totally understand and I agree with the moves Wizards made to walk back the mastery rollout that they did where they said, okay, you know what? We're not going to punish you if you can't play every day. We're going to go back to do you get up to 15 wins a week you can earn um, experience for. You can do it all in one day. You can spread it out over the week. That's great. I'm cool with them kind of, uh, I don't want to say giving in, but listening to players, reacting to the community and saying, you're right, we, we messed up. We'll go back and do it this way. Now, where in this case, you know, like you're saying, if 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 they just kind of uh, coalesced every time somebody said, you know, complained about something that they did, well, then they'd constantly be, you know, doing everything people wanted, and 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 it's just that doesn't work either. Yeah, and it, well, too many too many amateurs think they're game designers, and they think that their opinion is equally valid just because they can post it on the internet. Like right. we're doing right now, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even—it's not even, it's not even uh, that I'm glad Wizards isn't caving to the public. Wizards isn't listening to that sort of stuff, right? They—they—they uh, they, they don't care, and and they don't care because they have a specific plan, not because they're 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 cold and heartless and just want to make another buck. Um, no, but they know where they're going with it. Exactly. And even if they do want to make another buck, that's okay. They're a business. They they're a business. That's what they're there that. for. Yep. Uh, agreed. Uh, uh, but the point is, the it, I'm not concerned that Wizards isn't listening. I'm concerned that uh, there are a, there's a large portion of the community that uh, thinks they're more important than they really are, and that their voice needs to be heard over other people's voices. And uh, that's a kind of a dangerous mentality to have. Agreed. Wow. Also, um, wow. just <laughs> slightly, slightly in that topic, but only on the topic of like two things we actually said. Uh, Richard Garfield's net worth is estimated to be about ten million dollars. <laughs> oh, it? I would have thought more. Yeah, because oh. I just had the thought. I'm like, you know what? If you actually worked it out to how much he makes per card, it's probably like a billionth of a cent per card. <laughs> you, you, 
You, yeah. You stepped on my joke. I was going to say, my cat's worth $10 million. Okay. Uh, That's uh, an expensive uh, cat. moment's gone. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Wait, it, was it? It was here and now it's Was gone. it funny it was then? Fleeting. It was. It was fleeting. It was going to be hilarious. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I sorry. do love that if you Google Richard Garfield net worth, it brings up his... Uh, Richard Garfield PhD card from the unset. <laughs> That's awesome. Where you play mental magic, which God, I'm bad at mental magic. I can remember like thousands and thousands of cards, but not if I need one specifically for a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> but I did like that they brought him into the unset. I thought that was a, a nice touch. He earned well, it. All $10 million of it. He, he, he sure <laughs> did. He sure did. I think that's that's about it for for the questions I had for you guys. Uh, is there is there anything else either of you wants to add? Um, what do you guys think the likelihood, if any, uh, is that Wizards will eventually put arena codes in booster packs, not necessarily for specific cards, but even just for like gems or coins or sleeves randomly inserted in booster packs? Dot try and help both paper magic sales along with arena interactions correct me if i'm wrong but didn't pokemon do something like that uh pokemon does do that they uh you can get uh every booster pack that you buy i believe you get a smaller equivalent booster pack in in the game in okay. their digital game okay likelihood i i i, I kind of think it's low honestly because again, Wizards wants to make money off of this, and giving out free boosters or free currency in-game uh, is not the way to make money. It seems counterintuitive, because if, if we're going to get rewards on Arena for buying boosters, uh, Wizards is getting money anyway. Uh, but they kind of want to... I can't think of what the idiom is, but there's something up there about like dipping your... your fingers and something or other and it's not sexual <laughs> I, I never would have guessed that <laughs> i don't remember it's out there somewhere um like double dipping is that what you're no no i don't know it, it's not double don't dipping. shit where you eat <laughs> that's something else too uh booster pack in the hand is worth two in the box <laughs> no <laughs> oh, i could have sworn it was going to be that one Anyway, um, to answer your question, yeah, no, I, I think I, I think the likelihood is low. I would like yeah. to see it happen, honestly. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I'm just pretty much just going to echo what Teej says. Um, I'd love to see it happen too. I don't know how viable it is, or that we'll ever see it beyond. So, obviously, in a pre-release pack, uh, when you draft, you know, pre-release you get a code for one booster pack. So you get a voucher for a free pack. And then if you buy a planeswalker deck, you get a voucher for that deck um, on arena. So um, right now I, they are doing, I'm just going to add one more to that uh, for F M's. They added a, uh, I believe this F M upcoming. Uh, I have codes to hand out to F M players for packs in arena. Oh, nice for F M. This is the second time they've done that. And if it was something where WPN stores had the codes to distribute for specific events, I would absolutely be on board with, you know, doing that as a store owner. I would argue from the standpoint of somebody who does not play Arena much because I prefer Paper Magic, 
if my paper magic investment benefited me in arena, then I would become another person in arena playing against people so that the people who are only on arena would have more incentive to play, more people to play against, and possibly more incentive to buy cards to play against me in-game or in paper. Either way. Yeah, I like that. That's cool that they're doing that. Uh, you know, just kind of another reason or another another way, I suppose, to kind of push players yeah. into into arena. But you know, other than the, these few supplemental things that they've kind of got out in the the magic world right now, I don't see them changing that much. Maybe you know it'll be something where at Grand Prix or at you know if you watch you know a lot of times when you're watching on Twitch if it's a if it's a huge actual Magic sponsored or sanctioned event then um, you know I'm thinking like Mythic Championship one where they gave us all those codes for the alternate art you know you got what five codes throughout yeah. the weekend or whatever you know things like that uh, I can see that happening as far as like randomly slotting them into booster boxes and and packs within booster boxes i would love to see it happen i just i just don't know if we will yeah it doesn't even have to be every pack it could be like every third pack gets you you know 10 gems or something minor in in arena but just something to benefit what i was gonna say or a certain percentage of a booster box yeah yeah no i i I like that and hopefully that's something that they're uh, yeah pretty that's that's a draft right you draft a booster box uh, yeah, eight players. Uh, eight players draft a booster box, which covers all. Excuse me, all cards used plus uh, prize support. So, even like like a like like eight boosters of a eight boosters of a box has a has one of those in it. So you you could potentially get uh, one per person drafting. Yeah, and even if it's just yeah. a code for like a free draft in arena, then you know that'd be cool. Where you you know, and then you get so you get cards out of that because you're participating. Or what if draft, uh, so. What if the code takes like the slot of like a basic land or something, and and you have to draft that in a draft? Like you give uh, up a pick for a booster. It could, yeah, but it could just be somebody you know snapping a photo of it during a game and then running home and using oh, it before the true. person who drafted it. Because oh, it's because I, okay, <laughs> that's one of the things. It's one of the things I've been told I'm very good at is just immediately going Ruining how. Shit. How could I ruin this if I wanted to? <laughs> it might be because I'm a bad person. It might be because I'm surrounded by bad people. We'll never or truly because you're, know. You're just pragmatic. I do my best. I, I, as somebody who has to come up with systems and processes for things, I immediately have to go. How can somebody abuse this? And how can I immediately con- counteract that abuse? Thank God for the asterisks. Because I can post whatever I want with an asterisk, and then when somebody tries to abuse it, I go, well, actually, no. <laughs> That's not at all what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Please see the sub point. Uh, anything else, you guys? Or? Nope. That's uh, all I got. Say, I'm going to take that slight hesitation, <laughs> a moment of silence as a no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and play more Arena between now and next week, but I do have podcasting class for kids tomorrow and cool. work and paper magic and other nerd and more nerd things to do but i'll try awesome yeah i'm curious to see uh, what you guys think as you kind of move along the mastery track too uh and we go through this this season if you will uh of the the first ever season of the mastery track so uh that being said 
we'll be back next week. So thank you, thank you all for listening. Make sure you tell a friend. You guys can find us on Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you consume your podcasts. Please make sure you check out our social channels at Homebrew Magic on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, remember, till next time, don't drink and scry. It's not worth it. It's never worth it. Theme song. Wizards are the ghost. <laughs> <laughs>